This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I'm Holly Snape from Community Waikato. And very fortunate to have with me in the studio, even in person, Joe Wrigley, the one, the only. Oh, kia ora. So good to have you here. And you're from many different things, but today we're going to talk about the hat that you wear with GoEco. Cool. And GoEco is an amazing organisation. Um, you know, it's been around in, in a number of different sort of iterations. You know, there's there's been a lot of change and development since I first came across um, the Environment Centre, essentially back in Ward Street. Yeah, back in Ward yep. Street. Ah, yep. yep, yep. And it was it was a completely different place. Um, and the way it's grown um, has actually been quite phenomenal over the last few years. And you're doing amazing things. So today we're going to talk a bit about, we're going to reflect on what the last years look like for GoEco. And we're also going to spend a little bit of time looking forward to see what's coming up. Awesome. Because you've got that AGM, so you're at that, that time and that phase where you've been doing some reflection. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, AGMs are good for that. So uh, the AGM is next Thursday, starting at 5.30, so um, everybody is welcome. Just drop us a courtesy line so we make sure that we have enough kai for you. Um, no one likes to be caught short in that way. No, yeah, But no. we're happy to host and everybody is welcome. Um, over the last year, I think we've had a year like many other organisations and, and remembering that we're a regional organisation and we have staff positioned all over the place. Our focus, like many other community organisations, has been on caring for people. Yes. And um, and naturally part of COVID, um, part of that COVID lockdown um, is that the environment was naturally cared for. Yes. <laughs> Your silver all, linings. Yeah, so silver linings. <laughs> um, we're now celebrating how awesome it's been to bring the team back together again and I really love that thing about teams where you can actually feel and see the joy in reconnecting Mm. and that adds a a really special energy to coming back together. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting you talk about um, sort of the the protecting of the environment and that you do have staff all kind of um, spread around and it is one of those challenges, isn't it, when we are regional organisations seeking to support people right throughout the Waikato. It's not a small space. No, and and I think it's it's, it's also about knowing our space. Yeah. And, and the environment is a space where, you know, for our organisation, we acknowledge that hapu never, ever ceded sovereignty. Yeah. So as kaitiaki of that space, we don't want to cross over their work. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so having little offices dotted all over was never going to be our jam. But being able to employ staff to work with other organisations to build their capacity and capability is, is, yeah. is such an awesome thing to do and we've really ramped that up over yeah. the last year. So I was going to ask you then, how has the COVID um, lockdowns and um, how has that disrupted the work or or caused you to have to veer off or, you know, I hate the word, but pivot? Pivot. I kind of like, I think it was Sasha Coburn who said, Pirouette. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just feels much more fabulous. It does. And like you need a cloak. <laughs> um, 
A magic cloak. Uh, I think, obviously, enterprise-wise, enterprise-wise, it was a real challenge, and, and we feel for other people in the retail and in, in the services sector because that really bit, and it bit mm. us, and, you know, it's reflected in our results this year as well. We were unable to sell at a level that we forecast yes. or even that, you know, would break even. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so that was tough and, and, you know, full credit to the team that held the hope during that time that it would all come right. Yeah. Um, but also constantly looking at how we change our business to, um, to so that our enterprises were serving the purpose. And their purpose is to bring money in to reinvest in environmental work. Yeah, absolutely. So so that was, that's been significant. On the upside, um, Kai... Food, food rescue and uh, food services and food growing services have really ramped up. There's been a lot of need of um, food, eh? Just generally across the region. Yeah, um, I think there's, there's a fear in times where, um, where life is unpredictable, where expenses are up, mm. um, where employment is sometimes unpredictable. Um, or what people usually do, like there's significant change in the world around us. That mm. I think there's something to do with our reptilian brain. I think that mm. goes, I must hoard food. Yeah, I yeah, must squirrel it away. And that's not to say that people were hoarding food, but it's no. to say that people were like, there's food there, and I'm going to use it. Yeah, like there's an anxiety around food, food at times, and food security yeah. generally. Um, what about food rescue? So we know there was a need for food. Did the food rescue um, element of it change, like in terms of the accessibility to rescued food? I think that um, I think the community centres are amazing, um, and and you know constantly we're looking at ways of feeding our work into the community centres, yeah, so that people are connected to those spaces, so that they can get food and other services close to where they need it, yeah, and of their own volition. They're not directed into those services. They can volunteer voluntarily access yeah. services that that they have identified that they need. And I think that there's there's an autonomy and a dignity in that that. Um, that I'm just always want to support. Yes. I think it's called mana motuhaki. Yeah, yeah. And um, the all of the community houses and community centres have just adapted and been mm. so resilient. And volunteers and communities have come together to make sure that people get access to to whatever they need during that time. And that they have just just the conviction and the love um, for their own communities mm. um, both staff and volunteers it's been outstanding yeah you know if there's another round of civic awards then then like someone needs to like actually nominate all of those people yeah. because their service to the community in the last two years has been incredible yeah you've also been studying you know you look at the bigger picture and, and how to affect change you know um, across our sector and, and, and hopefully higher. Um, and so, you know, we've become part of a pilot program, but you've you've got a, a pilot program going on. You, you've co-hosted a climate change, climate action event. Mm. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how, how you've been moving in that space over the last year? So so part of change, I suppose, is, 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 is getting people the, the information that they need to make decisions. Mm. So, so um, I was in a workshop this morning where um, where Maureen actually said no one ever does anything that you tell them to do or if they do they resent it deeply yeah 
Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of information in the community about telling people what they need to do for climate telling people what they need to do to make the world a better place. So our focus at the moment is on providing information to people so that they can make choices and inform decisions. Yeah. Um, so um, in a way that, that presents some, some kind of radical hope about what they might do moving forward. At the moment, we're working with climate responses, so working with small organisations, community organisations, small businesses, people who can't usually afford to pay for... Uh, a flash consultant. Yes. Um, um, you know, uh, no offence, flash consultants. Yes. Everyone's <laughs> got to make a living, but not everyone can afford that. So so providing tools, skills, education, and facilitated discussions to help people make decisions about where they will uh, change behaviours within their organisations. Mm. And part of that is is also talking about what it is to be a climate employer. So in a climate action world and in a world where we're faced with um, climate resilience, adaptation, as an employer, what is it that we need to do to support change and, and, and behaviour change for our organisation so mm. that we know that our team are, are, are delivering on the values of our organisation? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that certainly makes a lot of sense. And you can see, though, um, you know, Certainly for us at Community Waikato, we reflect on where our challenges are there, and there, there certainly are some, and our vehicles we know are our biggest polluting element of, the, of our work, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, and that's relatively significant when you, you know, when you start crunching the numbers, it's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> it is, um, and, and I just love it, uh, like, like the idea, and, 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 and the research shows that we use our cars 4% so, so of, of cars lifetime, it is it is parked somewhere and not being used ninety six percent of its life. Yeah, it's like is that better than driving it around though? <laughs> <laughs> Why have it? Well, that's right. Look, we spend eight hours a day or six to eight hours a day in our bed. Do yeah. we spend twenty thousand dollars on our bed? We should. We should. It's <laughs> a very good investment. Yeah. But yeah. do we? No, and we absolutely don't. And we wouldn't, you know. Yeah. But And that, that is a really good point because we often hear the solutions, well, some of the um, things put forward as a solution are things like electric cars. Yeah. But it doesn't change the system, does it? Of it doesn't change individuals the Individuals all having an individual car. Mm. just generating that power from some, some other source. And, of course, we know batteries aren't necessarily wonderful forms of... They're problematic. Yeah. You know, we have to be honest that, that we do not have the public infrastructure yet. Yes. But we should be focusing intention on developing it. As an employer, what can I do around the hours of work or where we mm. work to make it easier for people to get to work? The most stressful time of the day for people... Two times, getting to work on time because yeah. they have to come to an office or a place of work, getting home, home from that place. Yeah, look, you're absolutely right. And, you know, we had a wonderful opportunity to brainstorm, you know, a lot of these things at the um, climate, was it climate action, climate response? What was the, um, at the at the atrium? Cli uh, community climate collaboration or something. Yeah, yeah. and it was fantastic collaborating. I remember the name yeah. of my own event. <laughs> But the point of the event was brilliant. It really did bring people together. It took people through a process of thinking. It offered some amazing information. Um, but what was really fascinating for me was um, even talking not 
from an organizational perspective, mm. but a personal perspective about, you know, I feel tied to a car because I'm an animal lover and I have pets and I um, often need to take my animals out places, even if it's to the, to the vet, you know, yeah. that there's a need for it. But isn't it interesting, you know, when you talk about 4%, you know, how often we actually use our cars and, and I live in a relatively, a relatively close to several friends who all have that same challenge. And the concept of sharing vehicles rather than mm. having an individual vehicle for everybody, and most of us having more than one vehicle on our property, you know? Yeah. There are some interesting solutions that go beyond just giving everyone an electric car. Well, yeah, and, and, and way better solutions. The the infrastructure required to be maintained. So So one of the interesting conversations is the actual real cost of roads, the environmental costs, but also the billions of dollars of investment, not only building them, but maintaining them. Mm. Those roads generally serve capitalism. Yeah. To be blunt, they serve, um, the, you know, the, the producing private profit. Yeah. Moving people. Moving people to work and yep. from places, moving goods to and from places. Yep. Yep. Um, and we will pay for that. But but when it comes to talking about a train, cycleways, um, inner city living, living densification, perhaps not having vehicles, perhaps having share vehicles, mm. all of that, suddenly cost is an issue. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Very interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So when we talk about quality of life and well-being, the good of the environment, of biodiversity, of being able to have connected communities... Then, then we have a costing issue. But if we're talking about a four-lane highway, yeah, yeah, it's something that has to be invested in. Yeah, now why is that? It certainly says something about our culture, doesn't it? And and um, what we prioritise. Yes. Yeah, we're going to take a very short break. Um, <laughs> I, you know, and we're going to listen to the the, the tide is high. And it's a good choice. Did you know that Neva's recent recent um, announcement was that the sea level rise rises that will impact on the coast of New Zealand uh, are going to happen twice as fast as they previously predicted. Yeah, there was an interesting um, climate change television well, documentary recently wasn't there and um, very frightening. It is frightening. <laughs> those, those findings and um, living in, Ham- in Hamilton, the largest landlocked city <laughs> in New Zealand, we might feel a little bit um, protected from some of the impacts of this, but yeah, um, those those sea level rises are going to come up our rivers and in, in our um, wetlands. Exactly, yeah, we can't escape them. So, a very apt song for us today. A little bit of Blondie, the tide is high.
that was a bit of Blondie, the tide is high and it's um and it's scary days because the tide is getting higher and um just before the break Joe Wrigley from GoEco was just talking about, you know, the latest findings from Niwa and they're a little bit frightening. They are frightening. Oh we're yeah. The the data and the science, you know, forty years worth now just keeps telling us the same thing. And, and now, it's escalating. And it, now it's escalating because some of that data was working on us making some changes and we haven't made changes along the way. We've just allowed it to grow and grow and grow. So now we have really big societal issues to deal with. Um, as far as sea level rises go, uh, there's some really big conversations for our country and one of those is the... the, the <sighs> The inland. How we? How do we? How do we relocate people, especially Fano um, uh, and Hapu, um, who will be leaving behind Marae and Urupa? Do they want to do that? Mm. And how do we accommodate that when when all of their land has been stolen? Like there is nowhere for them to relocate to. So there's some big and technical. And that's just people within our own country. And of course, we know that there are islands. You know, yes. near New Zealand, where they may become completely displaced. And what's our role in that? And how mm. do we make space for people if that's what they want, um, where their sovereignty is protected? And I'm sure what they really want is for the water to stop rising, mm. <laughs> to be able to stay where they are. The, the the people that hold the power for the solutions to actually do some. Some work. Yeah. You know, I, th- I was quite shocked to see um, a statistic, and it was somewhere in the 80s, like 80 something percent of people now believe climate change is is a thing. Mm. And what blew me away is there's still people who don't. Yeah. Like, we what? don't have time or energy for that anymore. No. And, no. and, and that is that, you know, um, th- that that thinking. So there are people who who are not going to change their thinking, but there there is like easy eighty five percent of people who are like just please just what do, do we something. Do? Yeah. Okay, what what can we do? What do we do? People are making individual changes, and every time someone learns something new around this topic or a change in their own lives, it impacts their family, and their family picks it up, and then there's rings of influence that go with that, and that is what real community change looks like. Do you think, though, that people are happy to to change some things as long as it doesn't inconvenience them too much? Do you think, is that still an issue? I think convenience comes with money. There are many, many people in our society who do not have the freedom to make a choice. So equity is something that still needs to be addressed in order for us. And and I know people like Jane Goodall have talked about this for years as well. Equity has to be, and equity is climate action in this country. Yes. Because it's also treaty justice. Yes, yeah. It's all these things are wrapped up together, aren't they? Yeah, it's it is it's 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 not a there's not a clear path. No, no. But an organisation like yours is working kind of across them. Um, and we've only got about four minutes left. Okay. <laughs> and in that time, I'm thinking, well, you know, what, is, what does the next year look like for you? As you guys come to your AGM and you're looking forward, what, what sort of things are you wanting to do or achieve in the next 12 months? So in the next 12 months, we're, our focus is on how we uh, build capacity and capability and power. So yeah. how we provide lots and lots of small groups with the tools, resources, money that they need to do the things that will ultimately dismantle the system mm. so that we can have a new one. 
I mean, that, that sounds brilliant. And I know you've got a, a few things already kind of starting to, to drive that, which is absolutely brilliant. And I'm sure there'll be many things that will come along the way. Um, before we finish off, uh, like I said, your AGM coming up, but it yes, is an open Thursday, AGM. Thursday, open AGM, 5.30, Go Eco in Frankton on the corner of Commerce and Kent Street. Gorgeous little place there. Oh, and that's the old Frankton Post Office. Yeah. Lots of history. Um, but we're a good team and we would love to see you. And you did ask that people let you know that they're going to be coming along. So how do they get in touch? Email hello at goeco.org.nz. And if people want to know a little bit more about how they might get involved in climate change, you have some stuff on your website. To do they need to join your Facebook page? You can go on to goeco.org.nz. Lots there. Events regularly on the Facebook page. Yeah, and there's some cool ones. Like I love like the clothes swaps and stuff. Like it's ah. even it's so good, eh? <laughs> but it's even it's thinking about how we consume, how we contribute to growing markets and. Yeah, understand that um, at least 70% of your wardrobe is made from plastic. Oh, okay, that's quite scary. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I found that out about tea bags and it freaked me out as well. So now I'm a tea leaf kind of girl. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but no, it's, it is. It's, um, yeah, understanding actually how so much of what we consume, how it's made, who makes it, mm. who benefits from it. And um, it's the end of life stuff. Um, including the packaging, yep. which is um, really important for us to consider. Eh? If we understand the whakapapa of a problem, then we can take ownership of the problem. I love that. That is beautiful. <laughs> Look, thanks, Joe. Um, it's always a pleasure having a Thank conversation you. with you and um, just love the amazing work that you guys are, are doing. Well that is us for another week. You have been listening to Connect with Community Wakato, Free FM 89.0. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.